Hello and welcome to Gone Fishing, a podcast from the Northeast Business Resilience Centre, aka the NEBRC, focusing on all things cyber related. Our aim is to help raise awareness and understanding amongst business audiences, supporting them to be better prepared and protected from the growing issue of cybercrime and fraud. I'm Rebecca Chapman, Director of the NEBRC and a Superintendent at South Yorkshire Police, with nearly 30 years policing experience across uniform and CID. Today, I am delighted to be speaking to Alan Moffat. He's a CISO and Director of Business and Cybersecurity Services for Sapphire, a long-standing trusted partner of the SBRC and one of the founding trusted partners from the NEBRC. Hello and welcome, Alan. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Becky. It's delightful to be here. So just, I think I ought to mention at this point that Alan has a long history within information and cybersecurity. This includes a responsibility for the design and implementation of solutions, policies and procedures for national infrastructures, for UK policing and the critical national infrastructures, including counterterrorism and national security. Over the last 15 years, Alan has provided CISO services to a wide range of companies, corporate and SME, developing their cybersecurity in line with their business objectives. Alan's passion is behavioural profiling and its impact on insider threat. Alan also has the pleasure of chairing the Scottish Information Security Forum, the National Information Security Conference, and is a member of the Cabinet Office's National Information Assurance Forum. Impressive credentials, Alan. Tell us a little bit about what you do. Um, as part of the director for Sapphire, if I start off with talking a bit about Sapphire, Sapphire have been going for almost 30 years. We're a dedicated information security company, information and cyber security company. Uh, we cut across the whole of the UK. We've got offices in Scotland, we've got them in the northeast, and we've got them in London. And we cover all aspects of cyber security and information security. So we offer consultancy services from CISOs as service right through to penetration testing, forensics, specialist services services where we'll look at open source intelligence and we'll do social engineering. So we'll look at the type of people in your organisation, we'll look what your cyber footprint is on the internet, we'll use that to start to gather intelligence about you and then we will look to plan attack and that gives your business and your people in your business an overview of exactly what the threats are more capable to them. In addition to that, Sapphire also a reseller of a number of the top products in cyber security and we also offer managed services. So for companies that either don't have the resources or the skill sets on site, we can actually manage those things. So around about SIM, manage vulnerability management and also we have a security operating centre that works 24 by 7, 365 and that always brings in live feeds from threat intelligence and be able to instantly react and contact companies or react on behalf of companies to mitigate the risk to them. So that's the areas we do. We work a number with our partners, with the clients around there, to be a trusted partner and a centre of excellence. We do that by offering them whatever areas of the, the security be, but we need to do it in such a pragmatic approach to there. At the end of the day, they're experts and run their business, and we want to be able to give them the confidence and the trust that they can sleep at night, that knowing that they're secure and safe and being able to do their business. And do you do incident response as part of that? We do incident response as well. We do it, we work with one of our partners and do it on a global basis. Uh, so any time, uh, even if someone does get an incident, they can contact their incident response number and they will get initial triage, which they'll be able to decide what the, the approach they want to deal with. Or for some of our larger clients, they take that on, a, on an ongoing basis and we work with them so that we can actually contain the incident and then rectify the incident and bring them back up to business as soon 
soon as possible. Mm-hmm. So just thinking about the wider cybersecurity world and all, your, your position on all of these boards, um, just tell me a little bit about that, about why you become involved in that. And part of it has always been a passion. Uh, earlier in my career, I, when I first got into security, was within Strathclyde Police. No longer there anymore. It's now Police Scotland. And part of that was when we had to work not only with other police forces to share confidential information, but we also had to work with the NHS, the local authorities, housing associations, to be able to make sure that not only the public were safe, but also the people whose information were holding was kept and retained. So my early days started off in things like business continuity, building data centres for the Scottish Criminal Record Office and building national infrastructures for communication to it. So the whole point of that then took me naturally into security, which I've been doing for over 30 years. My passion then developed into that to seeing how once we actually get within the public sector, we brought in private industry and academia. And part of that was obviously to then try and improve the maturity of security across the UK. And that's where we get involved in a lot of these groups and and been able to influence and earlier and younger generations coming through, but also small to medium-sized businesses, which is the backbone of our industry, the UK industry. Okay, so from your sort of um, informed perspective, what keeps you awake at night? Oh, that's a great, that's a very big question, can I say, Becky? Um, To be honest, it's like everything in life. There's many things if you worry about that keep you awake. You know, whether you, you, you worry about, you know, something that's happened, a global aspect, whatever else to it. So there's many things. But however, when it comes to cybersecurity, there's not much that actually keeps me awake. And the reason being is that, yes, having been in the position that I'm in, that we see access, what's happening on a national basis or an international basis. We see the international threat. Uh, groups that are coming in attacking you. However, if you start to worry about that and you don't sleep, then it's no good. So you worry about the things that you can actually impact on. And cybersecurity is not rocket science. It's the same way if people take that into crisis with their home. They know to lock the doors. They know to close their windows. They know if it's a basic house that they will actually ensure that everything's secure. If the window's left open at night, there's a pair of ladders at the side of the house, an opportunist thief will come in and take advantage of that so that you become aware of that. Cyber security is exactly the same. You make sure that you look at those and you do the basic elements of security. The problem is at this particular stage, and this is where my main concern would come in, is that the information available to the small and medium-sized businesses is not as easy and straightforward as it should be. But this is where organisations like NEBRC come in and are taking the lead in those aspects. So so moving on to that, so when you first heard about the NEBRC, obviously I beat a path to your door quite early on because you were already a trusted partner up in Scotland, Kidding. Uh, and that's where we, we took our inspiration from. Um, why did you think about joining the NEBRC right in the beginning? Uh, you know what, that, this is a key part. Um, what I have been involved in, as you've heard throughout there, with UK government, national security, and all throughout the period of time, we've worked with large organisations where the high confidentiality is really important. Then we worked with medium-sized organisations where they're developing their maturity. What was always missing across the UK was the impact to the small to medium-sized businesses. As you're probably aware, the UK government announced there's somewhere in the region of about 4.6 million privately owned companies in the UK at the end of 2021. 4.5 of that 4.6 million 
sit between either zero employees, one to nine, or up to about 25 employees. That is a backbone. And what's been happening over the period of time is that we have started to move away from giving them the support and we've worked towards more of the larger type companies. However, if you look at the larger type companies that might have a bit more information, personal identifiable information, they might be more wealthy and more confidential. However, the backbone to their supply chain are all those small and medium-sized companies that keep them running. So if we need to focus in and be able to improve that maturity, as I mentioned before, across there by giving simple advice, ease of use and assistance to those. And that's, again, where I think the areas like the SBRC and down here on the NEBRC that are actually affecting and making a difference to keep these small to medium-sized businesses going. And so when you're looking at small and medium enterprises, what kind of breakdown of information do you think that they need? How easy do they need it making for them? Well, when you think about it, any of those businesses can be, a medium-sized business can be running maybe anything up to 250 employees, but they might have 50 or 60. There could be a law firm that falls into that category, so they deal with high confidentiality. So they become a bit more aware, so they need a bit more information about how to maintain that confidentiality. However, a lot of other companies, maybe one, two, maybe no employees, but they're offering a service. They might be running a local product or manufacturing thing, they're creating a, a widget or an app company, but they've got no idea about the cyber security. So simplifying that around if they're putting in a router or an you know an internet service into their, their, their organisation, if they're using point of sales because they go to craft fairs, and do, it's very simple to give them basic things. Now, the UK government used to be very good at that with their, with their top 10 and we used to have Get Safe Online, but I'm starting to see a move away from that now. And I that's where the NEBRC is coming in really important and being able to fill that gap again. So these simple basic stuff can be actually done. But it's got to be in plain English. However, what I'm going to say is that companies also need to realise is that they have got a duty of care when they start up their company. So if they if they have to pay VAT, it's their responsibility to pay VAT. It's their responsibility to pay tax. It's their responsibility to maintain the security of their client information, their customer information, protect any staff or contractors. So they can't walk away just saying, oh, I don't know how to do that, or I didn't know what that was. That's part of running a business. You need to be aware and, and actually take the appropriate steps to secure that. And how important do you think it is that that these centres that, that we run, so the NEBRC and the SBRC, are regional as opposed to a national entity? Oh, absolutely critical. Uh, it's If I take it back to your career in, in the policing side as well, Becky, as you know, in, in the policing, and if I use this analogy, you had urban, suburban, rural, sub-rural. These are different types of the way that we actually deal with the culture that deals with individuals. So understanding your region, understanding what's key, understanding the what's happening in the region, both from those companies' macro environments, so something out, out, there, out, out with their uh, responsibility or knowledge, you can influence that and help them deal with that. So absolutely regional is critical to this aspect to it, because without that, understanding what the business, understand the pressure, being able to talk about things that are relevant to them, then we've missed it. We've absolutely missed the point. And we'll, again, we'll move into this centralising. We'll look to say, oh, this is going to be across everybody. And it doesn't work maybe in, you know, if I say the northeast of Scotland to maybe closer to the London Belt, to, to difference in Newcastle, to a few other areas to it. So, again, regionalisation is critical for these to be successful. 
And how do you feel as a trusted partner about the fact that we offer services with the students? Um, I think it's great because one of the key things is that, yes, as an organisation, uh, we're a commercial organisation, we offer these services, but our target market is a middle to the low enterprise to it. And the reason why we get involved in the NABRC is not because it's an opportunity for us to, to make more profit, because we don't, but it's there to be able to assist back into the community as part of it. So I think the services that you offer through the students and various other advisory services is critical because you can do that and you can do it again and that basic stuff. The whole point about maturity is start somewhere. Don't just keep putting it off. And if that's as simple of changing your your router, your internet service provider router's password because it's got the default password or it's about understanding not using uh, Starbucks or any other coffee shops, Wi-Fi if you're using anything sensitive because it could be somebody sitting in a cafe that's actually simulating that's their, their Wi-Fi and actually grabbing all your details and then getting access to your confidential information to it. So the services offered by the BRCs at local level by students and everything else is actually really beneficial and that needs to be developed and get across it. And what would you say to uh, a school child, maybe, that's that's in secondary school, that's thinking about a career in cybersecurity? Oh, absolutely. It's one of the, the growing areas. This this week, actually, sorry, next week, uh, we're actually working with Empowered and we're in doing some cybersecurity work with uh, girls between 13 and 16 to try and inclusive, uh, bring more inclusivity into it again. We need to start at the, the ground roots. We really need to be able to do it there. And it's not... It's, Cybersecurity is so wide and it needs everybody's different kind of attitudes, the way the thought processes that come in to be able to us to develop that. It's a it's a good industry, it's a, a really interesting one, and it's a well-paid industry as well. It's probably one of the growing, and it's one of the industries where you can go all over the world. That once you've learned the skills here, that actually the basics of cybersecurity, you can go anywhere you want in your career. You can work with a charity to help them if you're high altruistic, as you like to help people, or you can work with NHSs, or you can go into large global companies and help them protect their security. So it's absolutely fantastic. I would encourage anyone within that age group at schools, look into it further. And it's interesting. We do a lot with penetration testing. So ethical hackers who go in and, and the simple things when they realise how easy it is to access someone's laptop, switch on their camera without them knowing about it and doing all this and suddenly realise how vulnerable the basic stuff that we're doing and how vulnerable about putting out things on social media can be used to build up intelligence to then send specific emails to you to try and then get a piece of software to download and take control of your laptop or your corporate stuff. It becomes so interesting and we need those young minds to get involved in this. They've been used to social media over all these years. They will bring absolutely new things to this industry and that's what we need right now. Yeah, well, you've been at the cutting edge of that for the last 30 years. So um, that's been that's been an amazing insight into what you do and Sapphire uh, and the future. So thank you so much, Alan. You're one of our most trusted and oldest partners. So I can only thank you for travelling down from Scotland to speak to us today. Thank, thank you. you, Becky. It's been wonderful. And keep up the great work. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Gone Fishing. I hope you've enjoyed listening. You can find all our other episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or wherever you've listened to this one. And you can also watch them all on YouTube. 
Please come and find us online at nebrcentre.co.uk where you can sign up for free core membership. I hope to see you soon.